Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to today from somewhere along the Revival Trail. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. You say, Brother Cooper, why is it that every time you introduce your broadcast, you mention you're from coming from the King James Bible? Well, to trigger all the backslidden used to be King James believing Baptist preachers in the world and all also, just to remind you that we have a more sure word of prophecy, that we have a perfect book today, that we don't have to go wondering, seeking, looking, uh, doubting that we have a Bible. I'm glad that we have a perfect book for the English-speaking person right here preserved for us in our King James Bible, and I believe the Bible, don't you? I'm not a Bible critic. I'm not a Bible denier. I'm a Bible believer, and that's just what I am. I've got an inspired, infallible, perfectly preserved book right here that can change your life, and it has changed my my life. If I didn't believe I had a Bible, there's no way I'd be a preacher. If I didn't believe that this book was perfect, then I wouldn't go to church at all. I would never go. Why would I waste my time? If God's not big enough to keep his promise about preserving his word, he's not big enough to keep any other promise either. That'd make him a liar, wouldn't it? And I don't want to put my faith in a liar. I believe God is true. Let every man be a liar, right? I believe God's able to keep his promise. And that's why I say it without any reservation, hesitation, or trepidation. I don't ask the opinion of some fellow who used to say he believed it and now he doesn't because he's compromised. I don't care what he has to say. I don't care what any college has to say. I just know what God's done in my life through this book right here, and I thank God for it. And uh, I wouldn't give you anything from a Bible. I love it. Thank God for my Bible. And, uh, you know, it's almost like home to me, the Bible. When I get inside this book, I'm, I'm in a different hotel or town or state basically almost every week. And I, for some reason, though, I, I don't really get homesick. I mean, I miss home, if you will, but I don't get necessarily homesick. I just can get in my Bible, and I feel like I'm right where I ought to be. And I thank God for this book. And I pray that you have a life in your Bible. And your Christian life isn't any more vibrant than your Bible study life. And your walk with God is dependent upon your walk in His Word. And if you're not right with His book, you're not right with Him. And every day, we got to be more than just people who carry the Bible. We got to be carried to the Bible. We got to be in it and studying it and learning. I think it was Charles Spurgeon said, we had our desire to be advanced scholars in the Scripture. And that's what I want. I don't want to be perpetually uh, stuck in elementary school. I want to advance in my understanding of this book right here. Now, we are in Genesis 26, and this will be our third study into this 26th chapter. If you have missed any of the prior Bible studies, they are available for you on our podcast, and the podcast is entitled Striving for Revival, and uh, it is found on every major podcast platform. You can find it on uh, Spotify, you can get it on Apple Podcasts and others, and you can join the podcast family, and we thank God for all those around the world uh, that listen to Striving for Revival, and I'd like for you to be a part of that. Thank God for all these good radio stations that carry us as well, and if you've never written in, emailed in, called into your local station, uh, then please do that and let them know that you appreciate their ministry and you're thankful for what they do, and tell them that you're a Striving for Revival listener as well, and um, that you just wanted to tell them that you appreciate them uh, doing the work of the ministry in that fashion. Now, in Genesis 26 today, we're going to see something that is convicting and uh, challenging, and uh, really it's heartbreaking. 
And I want you to see it. Now, the narrative is switched from Abraham to Isaac, but Abraham is living in Isaac. Now, I don't want you to miss what I just said. Abraham has died physically in chapter 25, and now we focus on Isaac. But Abraham is still much alive in the life of his son. As a parent, as a Sunday school teacher, as, as a person of influence, whatever you are, you've got to understand that you will live long after you die. You will live in someone. Your life will touch a thousand lives before the setting sun and leave countless marks for good or bad before the day is done. We've got to remember that every day we cast shadows of influence. And I read this text just a moment ago, and God used it really. It's a scary thought. It's a challenging, convicting thought about how we will live on after we have died and gone. In verse number 6 of Genesis 26, we read, And Isaac dwelt in Gerar. And the men of the place asked him of his wife. So Isaac, we read last time, there's a famine. God tells him to stay in Gerar. These men ask him about his wife. Isaac marries Rebekah. Rebekah is fair to look upon. And these men ask him about this woman. Now Isaac obviously should have said, she's my wife. I love her. She loves me. We have children together. This is Rebecca, Mrs. Isaac. But here's what he does. And he said, she is my sister. For he feared to say, she is my wife, lest, said he, the men of the place should kill me for Rebecca because she was fair to look upon. Now, why does that bother me? Because Isaac is doing the exact, listen to me now, the exact same thing that Abraham had done uh, somewhere around Genesis 20 with his own wife. Abraham had lied and said Sarah was his sister to uh, attempt to save his own skin, even if it meant his wife was mistreated by those men. Isaac, though Abraham is dead, there's a little bit of Abraham living on through Isaac because Isaac repeats the same sin, lies just like his daddy, and said, my wife is my sister. Now, I'm glad that Isaac, to an extent, adopts Abraham's faith. He adopts Abraham's fellowship with God, and God blesses Isaac. He's fruitful like Abraham was. But just as Abraham's shadow of good had fallen on Isaac, watch this now. Here we see Abraham's shadow of bad also fell upon Isaac. Abraham is dead. He's gone. He's in paradise. Isaac is here. But Abraham rears his head in the life of Isaac. The sin of the father becomes the sin of the son. I want to challenge you today and remind you of this truth. That it's so true that what you do, what you do in uh, in in a short amount, what you do uh, with a little bit of a governor on it, the next generation will do an excess. And all of the good that we do, thank God that hopefully we pray they'll adapt and adopt that, and they'll do it 
into a further degree. I mean, we preach the Bible, man, they'll preach the Bible. We sing and love the hymns, we pray they'll love the hymns. We we do church the, the right way, and God bless them, they'll do church the right way. We pray, and it'll teach them to pray. And we shout, and bless God, they'll shout. But listen to this as well, person of influence. The sin that you are involved in, the compromise that you give into, that's right. The shortfalls in your life, they will rear their head in the lives of your children, in the lives of your class, in the lives of those that look up to you. And God help us. Hey, listen, I tell you what, just like a faithful soul winner produces a faithful soul winner, so a backslider often produces a backslider. A drunkard often produces a drunkard. A gossip will often produce a gossip. And you might get away with it, and it might not eat you all up, but you watch what it'll do in the next generation. We've got to be careful. Man, that challenged me. That scared me. That convicted me. I want to make sure that my son, that that generation coming after me, that I give them good things. I don't want to give them bad things. I don't want to give them things that are going to cause them to drift from God. I want to hand them some things they can use and bring glory to God and make a difference in their generation. And look at this. Isaac does the same thing. When Abraham sinned in chapter 20, he didn't think, well, my son will do the same thing one day. He just thought in the immediate. He just thought, in that moment. He was just living for the now, trying to save his own neck, if you will, and didn't think about the domino effect of that decision and how it would rear its head in another generation. God help us to do right, to do right, and to do right for the sake of the future. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I sure have enjoyed going through this text with you. Make sure you join us next Bible study. We'll continue here in Genesis 26. Until that time, let me challenge you. Pray with me for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.